0: An hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State, from the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II... We now say, believe, rise,
1: and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and I've got Bob Savage here in studio. Yes, I
0: want to apologize for the voice here today. Uh, you're, you're feeling a little bit better though, right? No, definitely feeling better. I'm on the uh, the miracle of Z-Pak, uh, Zythromycin. And as an additional uh, benefit, you get to, you, you realize that suddenly you can play the zither uh, once uh, once you're on this. But uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah I, I'm doing well. I probably that uh, trip to Hunan Province and hanging out in the uh, the uh, open food markets was not a great idea. Uh, food was probably good though. Yeah, <laughs> I had the lasa opso and fries.
1: Oh, there you go. Yep, yep so uh, i I couldn't help but notice as as the news was playing um beforehand, and those those on the radio probably heard it, but those on the live stream um didn't hear it that uh they're talking about a paper bag shortage coming not just to New York but nationwide for the next five years um, yeah, c- could last
0: for years folks
1: yeah yeah in in short uh because of the plastic bag ban in New York State. Um, or at least in in part because of that, it seems that other areas are doing similar things um, and that 's not what today 's topic is about, but I wanted to you know I heard it, and I thought it was important to mention um, that unata- you know government always creates legislation uh usually that legislation doesn 't fulfill whatever it is that they say it's going to, you know, so they'll say, Oh, this is to make things better. You know, it's not going to do that. But also then there's these unintended consequences that inevitably roll through. Um, and so here's my prediction for you guys. So you guys can mark this date on your calendar. Um, I I say, push it out two years. So January 30th, 2022, and we'll, we'll look back, you know, and see if this is the case. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more deforestation, because of this, um, as the demand and more pollution. Uh, yep. Yep. More, more pollution. folks.
0: Have you ever been around a paper mill? You, you don't want to be around a paper mill.
1: Let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. Well, and that's part of the thing. They're saying there's not enough factories out there right now to keep up with this demand so i say in two years you know by january 30th 2022 uh we're gonna have a lot less trees right? a lot more logging we're gonna see a significantly larger carbon footprint than oh, yeah. we have today Major, yeah yep. um I, we're gonna be burning a lot more fossil fuel to move all these logs to move all this paper paper is heavy you know, paper is very heavy. I think it was Wegmans. They came out um, in the very beginning of this proposed legislation and said for every one semi-truck that carries the one-time-use plastic bags, it would take 13 semi-trucks to carry the equivalent of the paper bags.
0: Sure. Just consider the difference in weight between what what, what in the grocery industry they call a barrel bag. That's a collapsible paper bag that you get. Uh, think how much heavier that is than a—, a, a a lightweight plastic bag that you used to get at the grocery store.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're we're gonna see more fossil fuel, more emissions, higher carbon footprint. Uh, we're gonna see trees a lot more of them cut down, which not for nothing. I'm sure you guys know this, but just in case you haven't heard, uh, trees produce this this neat little thing called oxygen, <laughs> and I I tend to like that. Um, you know, it's it's a good thing. Uh, I like that in in my diet. <laughs> well, so. we better
0: get some more global warming going here. So uh, run your FQ. You know, just let them idle for hours uh, because we need to, you know, we need to get that CO2 going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. So with uh, with all that being said, um, I know I've mentioned this multiple times on the show, but I would really encourage you guys to look back at the episode. Should we ban ban plastic bags? Um, you know, go to YouTube search Andrew Hollister plastic is the first hit that comes up, watch the entire episode, because I go like through the studies that show ways that we actually could be good to the environment. If that interests you, I know some people, they don't care. Um, but for a lot of people, I think some people do care. Um, and I go through not just like, you know, paper bags versus plastic bags, but like multi use plastic bags, cotton bags, linen bags um, and really talk about the science, if if you really care about it, just go back, check it out. Um, I think some of the numbers will surprise you. I know they surprised me. Um, And I would tell you, paper bags are probably the worst thing that we could be using right now for the environment. Um, And part of that is the number of times you have to use a paper bag to break even on the carbon footprint compared to a one time use plastic bag um those bags usually fall apart before you hit that break-even point so you're really if you really care about the environment don't use paper bags
0: yeah when you use your uh, paper bags too when you get uh, when you get home you look uh, grab the one that has meat in it you know or maybe chicken (laughs) yeah look at the bottom of the bag now now imagine that you've bought one of the Wegmans plastic totes for 99 cents and you carried your stuff home in that thing yeah. Now now, what you've got to do is you've got to launder your plastic tote. Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, call me, I guess, not worried but i'm i'm a little less worried i have seen people say like how like dirty and disgusting those reusable plastic bags are i cook all my food so i'm not as worried about it but i I can see where that could be like now you gotta spray your bag with lysol if you want to be clean and you know what's the impact of that you know now you got one more one more thing to do (laughs) yeah now
0: now now bags and you got to remember to have your bags with you Excuse me. Uh, You got to remember to have your bags with you at all times. Mm -hmm. And so now bags are a task. Sure. Well, you never used to even think about bags. Went to the grocery store, you got what you had to buy, and they put them in the plastic bags, and you carried them out to the car. Really nice. You can hook them in your fingers carry a, a number of them. It's <laughs> yeah, very like as, opposed to, of them, as opposed to as opposed to doing the bear hug of a of a paper bag. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, government government always does this kind of stuff. They do. Yeah. They they complicate things, make life more difficult, more expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah, no for sure. Although I got to tell you guys, I I'm, I'm set. I mean, I have so many "Quote unquote one time use plastic bags" in my house. I have bags full of bags. You know, I'll, I'll be set for years, and I'll be able to still pick up the dog poop in the yard, and you know, wrap them around my boots as booties when I need to walk around the house with my boots on. Um, so, so I'm set. I think a lot of us are, uh, but I will tell you, I I have found over the years. A really good use for those um, multi-use plastic bags—the ones that you're supposed to use for groceries—I love taking them to the range with me. And when I'm done shooting, recollecting all my brass. Oh, nice! I mean, they're sure. sturdy enough. They—they they hold those. So I, I've got <laughs> a bunch of those bags are just full of brass by my reloading bench. Um, you know, so they do work really good for that. Um, although I probably wouldn't recommend putting groceries in them after that. No, all the lead. No, uh, I you don't. Know, think- Gunpowder you yeah. and you know all that—not a—not uh, a good use. Um, so what, what I'm going to do here before we uh, scoot on over the break is I'm going to introduce the topic of today's show. Um, I'm going to ask you guys for some feedback. So this is a show that I I really want you guys to engage. If you're on the live stream and you've never commented before, never gave a a question, please do. Um, Maybe you're listening to the show and you're thinking like someday you're going to call in. Today's a great day to call in. Uh, I'll give you that number first before I announce the topic. The number is 585-346-3000. Once again, that's 585-346-3000. The topic of today's show is what do you believe is the number one issue our country faces today? Um, I think this is an important discussion to have because there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on social media. There's a lot going on in the media. There's a lot going on in our nation, politically, economically, and otherwise, and internationally as well. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I'd like to talk about those issues. I posted about it, I think it was yesterday, and like within the first hour, there was over 100 comments on the post. Um, so I did pull out some of the comments. We're going to talk about them throughout the show show Um, but i want to give you guys the opportunity to call in be a part of the discussion Uh, so that's what we're going to do we are going to take our first break of the show and when we come back we're just going to go right into it and talk about uh what you guys believe is the number one issue we face today we'll be back in a moment on radio free new york Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Today's topic is, what do you believe is the number one issue our country faces today? Um, And I got to tell you, Bob, when I posted this, I got hundreds of comments. And I'm a little concerned because there was something I expected somebody to post and they didn't. And uh, you guys are going to maybe chuckle about this, but I thought for sure somebody was going to post in saying climate change. I thought for sure I was going to get that. Mm, uh, I don't think I would have suspected that. I, I I definitely thought just based on social media and stuff that somebody was going to post in and say that nobody did. Yeah. So now I'm worried because I'm worried maybe I'm not reaching enough people. Maybe not, Maybe I, it's just not diverse enough on the page. Um, or maybe we fixed it with all the climate taxes and the plastic bag bans and climate change is just no longer a political thing. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, all
0: I know is from national polls uh, that uh, all, all the things that uh, uh, that the political left – tells us are the, the the real imminent, clear and present danger to our society, like climate change and racism mm-hmm. are consistently at the low end of the scale.
1: Yeah. So maybe, maybe people just, maybe it's not a thing anymore. I don't know. So I, I was surprised, you, you know, I mean, obviously the majority of the people on the page are conservatives, libertarians, you know, but there, there is a number of left-leaning people. I was expecting it to come up. It didn't, maybe uh, Facebook's just buried me in the algorithms at this point. And, uh, you know, those people aren't seeing it um, or or they just didn't want to hear me talk about it. They they, they want, uh, you know, that. Um, So I think uh, Greta
0: Thunberg probably turned everybody off to the whole issue like forever.
1: Could be could could very well be that's uh that's definitely a possibility um so what i do want to do is encourage you if you're listening to the show now or if you're listening to the show later maybe you're listening to it on podcast or replay or on youtube you know after hours for you or when the time works for you um still jump in here still post your comments because i'll, I'll bring it up during another show so um don't think that if you're listening to this later you can't uh, be a part of the conversation You can call in live now uh, 585-346-3000 You can hop on Facebook You can hop on YouTube uh, Find the live stream Comment there I'd love to hear what you guys think I've got over 200 comments already on the topic um, So we're just going to kind of roll in But you know what, before we do Bob, what are, what are your thoughts? What what do you think the number one issue We're facing today as the United States of America?
0: Uh, number one issue issue. Um, I'm thinking maybe uh, government overreach,
1: government overreach. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, there were a lot of comments that said that. Yeah. And in, in various ways, for sure. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely there. I mean, government overreach is really big for me. Um, and, and I think uh, division, In in our country, amongst people, family, you know, uh, definitely fueled by politicians and the media. Um, I think that's another really huge one. And I I think and you can never solve division entirely. Well, I think
0: the two prong uh, uh, contributors to to all of the conflict and and, uh, all of the divisiveness in the country, our social media and the 24-hour cable news News cycle. cycle.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I I think so as well. And I think this is a problem that um, ever since humanity was born was an issue, but I think is just so much furthered by social media and the 24-7 news cycle that although it won't be solved, I think if we could make headway on it, we could actually work together to stop some of that government overreach. Yeah.
0: By the way, contributing to all that are the political parties. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you remember that uh, George Washington and some of several other founding fathers cautioned us against uh, allegiance to uh, political parties. So, um, you know, we uh, uh, we have to be careful about that because I think what's gone on, especially with 24-hour news, is uh, what I call the the – ESPNing of American politics. In other words, you know, you, you put on the red uh jersey or the blue jersey yep. and you root for your team. Yeah. Uh and that's that's divisive. I mean, by its very nature. It you know, I mean yeah. you ever been in a sports bar, you got a bunch of Packers uh fans in there and you got a bunch of uh Uh, I don't know Patriots fans. Sure, Um, sure. you know, I mean, they're not going to get together and hug each other.
1: Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I've got a fun little story about that. Um, So, those of you listening to the show, you may not know this. I'm not a huge sports fan. i have just not. Never been into it. Uh, I'm a computer geek, and and I like shooting. You know, those those are my sports, and that's not really televised. Um, But my wife, being from Czech Republic, Czech Republic has historically had a very good hockey. Team and uh, inevitably, once a year, the United States plays against Czech Republic. And uh, who knew? So, <laughs> I, I don't know these things, <laughs> yeah. And so, of course, my wife and her sister they want to go out to a bar to root and cheer and support Czech Republic, um, and of course. There's so few che- people, Czech people in the United States. It, there's nobody else rooting for Czech. So, of course, we get the stank eye from everybody in the bar every time. And usually, Czech Republic wins too, which doesn't help make it any more comfortable. <laughs> you
0: know? So, they got um, a really good hockey team.
1: Oh, yeah. They usually do. I don't remember. I think last year they didn't do so well, but normally they kick our butts pretty good. Um, so, it sounds like we got a caller on the line.
0: We have Richard from Naples. Uh, Richard, what's up today?
2: Um, Actually, gentlemen, I was calling to speak about the uh, divisiveness of exactly what you two men were talking about, of uh, being divided between Republicans and Democrats and the the way they try to tear our social structure right to hell. And I don't like that. And it makes me mad. I'm... uh, I'm a voting American. I own my own property, I pay taxes, and nobody should have to go through this at the stage that we're at, 3 years into a presidency. It's they've been after him right from the beginning, and it's just been a, it's been an absolute ludicrous show by the Democrats. It's been an absolute Absolutely, I don't know how they can defend against something that doesn't exist. And uh, it, and actually, I think the Bidens probably should have been looked into long before they ever started this whole malarkey. But it's just been it's been a crazy thing. And uh, I'm a United States citizen and. Now in New York State, they want to give driver's licenses to um, illegal aliens. Well, they
0: have actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's happened. Yeah, yep.
2: It's the green light law, and yeah. I talked to I talked to Assemblywoman Marjorie Burns, and she said there is no current legislation to stop this, and I think it should be stopped because I'm I'm. Maybe I'm registered Republican, but I believe in democracy.
1: Yeah, I believe yeah. Ab-
2: Everybody has a voice. You got a vote. You got a
1: voice. Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much for your call. Yeah, definitely. the The divisiveness makes things pretty difficult. Do we have a, another caller on the line? We like do. We do. Awesome. And
0: uh, let's see. We have uh, Ken from Fillmore. So we're reaching down into Allegheny County. Hey, Ken.
3: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, I want to tie some of what you said in earlier to what you're talking about now. Okay? When Bob Savage gets on on his early uh, description of the show, he talks about the industries that have left upstate New York and how many communities are now shells of what they used to be. Then you were also talking about the Chinese coronavirus and how bad that is and how that's a function of many, many things. I want to tie all these things together. okay? New York used to have a very vital paper industry. Paper mills used to stink really, really terribly, and they changed the formula about 30 years ago. They still stink, but you got to be 100 yards away instead of five miles away. So it's a difference between a sulfite and a sulfate process of taking wood and making it into paper. I don't, I don't understand all the chemistry of it, but it's there. Okay, so uh, you have to look at some things, and when I hear things like, oh. Making paper bags will cause deforestation. Horse feathers, okay? New York State is growing far, far more trees than we're removing. We should actually be removing more trees, like weeding a garden to have healthier forests. We have a very vibrant industry taking out the best trees of the forest, the veneer and the high quality saw logs. What we don't have is a vibrant industry taking the junk out and a paper rebirth or redoing in new york state would really help the forests a lot more than you think they would we'd be able to get the junk out and help the good stuff grow faster that's assuming you think that private ownership of forests is a good thing and that trees are a crop and can be harvested and shouldn't be looked at like the forest preserve until they fall over and and rot okay and then the other thing is when you talk about the chinese coronavirus A lot of that's caused by really lousy hygiene. And when you look at the reuse of either a paper bag or a plastic bag, those things are really scuzzy and really carry a lot of germs. So the one-use bag has some excellent health reasons why it it came to be. A lot of this comes down to cost. They say that a paper bag, uh, if you go to, I think it's Save-A-Lot, they charge you a nickel. Uh, it probably should be worth it to have that five-cent, time use paper bag that's hygienic, helps the forest grow, supplies local uh, landowners with income, and supports local industry.
1: Yeah, no, I I hear you about uh, hygiene. That's that's an important thing. Um, hygiene got, is your
0: friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah hygiene it really is, is your
1: friend, absolutely. Uh, when we come back, actually, uh, we can talk a little bit about hygiene, and then we're going to roll right back into uh, the biggest threat our nation sees today.
0: Uh, Ken's line is open, so if you'd like to participate today, love to have you join us. 585-346-3000. We'll be back on Radio Free New York.
1: You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host Andrew Hollister. We're talking about what you believe you, as the listeners, uh, is the number one issue our country faces today. So, if you want to participate in the conversation, maybe you've never called into the show before. Maybe you've never called into a radio station before. Um, feel free to give us a call. Number is five eight five. Three four six three thousand. Once again, it's five eight five three four six three thousand.
0: We'll be nice to you. We'll, we'll be we will. nice. So
1: it's a pretty easy show,
0: unless you say something really dumb. <laughs>
1: yeah, there you go. In which uh, case
0: we may not be able to resist.
1: There there you go. Yep. Yep. Um, you can always hop on Facebook or YouTube search Andrew C Hollister, pull up the live stream there, comment there. Um, I see there are comments rolling in here. Um, and, and I'm just going to start sharing comments that I've gotten over the last day or so, um, from listeners like you and people who have been on the page who have answered this question. Um, So Nate, who is a pretty frequent listener to the show, I see him in the comments often, says uh, the biggest threat is the consistent tearing down of the critical foundations of our culture without first understanding why they were put in place or fully taking in account the ramifications of doing such. Um, which there's a lot there. That's actually a really great statement. Um, so if I were to, you know, dissect this a little bit covers a lot of um, ground, it it does. Yeah. And I, I think the root cause that Nate is talking about right now, um, would, would be like education in our history. You know, where did we come from? Why is our country the way it is? You know, it's interesting because, in in politics and in just general social culture in the United States, there is this constant push for change, um, and sometimes there's there's really good direction, and other times it's just kind of this cry for change without direction, and I think as the American people – We're thirsty for change always because it's what we've always had as our country was founded. You know, we founded our country on this idea of change, of, you know, eliminating taxation without representation and this idea of self governance. and if you look throughout our history, we've always looked for positive change um, in the direction of individual rights and liberties. Right, exactly. So, you know. It's never
0: been changed for the sake of change.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've had change for say, um, you know, let's start with ending slavery you know giving human beings their rights um and you know moving in the direction of giving women the right to vote and in the direction of giving employees the possibility to say hey I'm being abused by my employer um and and so we have this long standing history of pushing for change and I think what we're seeing now is people have forgotten like where all that stems from,
0: you know, well, a lot of the change to do that. Right. A lot of the change being promoted now is is not founded in liberty and and uh, and freedom and individual initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, what uh, what the, the, I think the really alarming thing is the constant erosion of individual responsibility for things. Yeah. You know, you're, everybody's a victim. Everybody's a member of a victim's group. Yep. You know you can't and and that that and that's accord status in today's society, which is a mm-hmm. a perverse thing that's very destructive
1: well, it even has benefits right you know which which is not not a good thing at all um so yeah i I think that we've as society and and I think deeply ingrained in our education system, we're teaching that change has happened and that Americans stand for change. Um, but we've missed that critical piece that that change always brings about, or always should, and has through through the founding of our country, brought individual liberties to the people. Um, so now people are, you know, we're used to like, yeah, we're going to fight for change. But it's not for individual liberties. In some cases, um, in many cases, now that change is being fought for, like you said, is to remove responsibility, um, to infringe on freedom, to infringe on liberty, and uh, quite frankly, to make government bigger which never enhances liberty.
0: Yeah. I mean, liberty and individual responsibility are flip sides of the same tune. You know, I mean, if you have liberty, okay, great. So you got liberty. So what do you do with that? Mm -hmm. Well, what you do is you live a life in which you take responsibility for the things that you do. You, you have the humility to say, uh, you know, I know when I'm wrong sure. and when I, when I did something wrong, and then I, I learn from that and I drive on. Mm-hmm. That takes and, – and part of what keys into all that as well is a belief in something bigger than yourself. So if you have faith, uh, you know, the Judeo-Christian ethic, of course, is a cornerstone of our civilization in the United States. And uh, government, of course, has constantly been whacking away at that uh, foundation stone because they don't want anything – that, uh, that, that, that uh, connotes the message that we, you don't need government. Sure, that there's, sure. That, yeah, there's yeah. that there's a source. Something other than government. Right, a source government. of values yeah. and a source of uh, aspirations greater than, mm-hmm. uh, than what you cook up in your own, you know, febrile brain. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and government feeds into that. Mm-hmm. Government feeds into victimization, and, and, and that gives birth to things that I think that are really toxic in our society, like political correctness, Sure. victimization yep. mm-hmm. identity politics terrible yeah terrible Oh
1: no, no, definitely yeah yeah, and it's it's interesting because as, as we're talking about this I, I do think that at times government wants to be the religion you know and, oh, of course. and that's you know and, and for me, um, I, I look at people and and I think that people need some sort of moral belief system. You know, and they can kind of take their pick of you know what what that is, and government trying to take place of that moral belief system. I constantly have to remind people um, that legality is not morality, and that to me is like something that's really scary. That I see a lot of people say, "Oh, well, something, something." And you go, "That's not right," and they go, "Well, it's legal," and they somehow are starting to associate um, that something being legal is, equates to moral. Which is just not the case. I mean, look at Nazi Germany. What they were doing there was was legal. (laughs) You know, Uh, it it was definitely not
0: moral. Slavery was legal.
1: Yeah, and that is definitely not moral either. So the I, Third Reich was legal yep. from from their point of view. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I get very nervous when people start looking to government um, in in a sense of religion, a sense of moral following, where they equate legality uh, uh, to what's moral. Because to me, it couldn't be there is no no parallel lines there, right. not at all. Absolutely. So. Uh, Spike says, you know, greatest, uh, we're talking here, if you're just joining the show, uh, the number one issue that our country faces today, Spike says, a parasitic government, it is out of control and needs to be held accountable. And then he, he mentions downsized as well. Yeah, I mean, that, that lines up with the discussion. Absolutely. Um, so we've, we've got that. Um, looks like we've got uh, another caller on the line. Do we have another caller? We do. We have uh, Rick from Greece. Hey,
0: Rick, welcome to the program. Rick, you there? Where did he go? I don't know. All right. I don't know. Rick, oh, so uh, we,
1: we may have lost you. Uh, feel free to, to call back again. We'll try to get you in here. Yeah, looks um, like he hung
0: up. I don't know uh, why. But, uh, call back,
1: Rick. Yep, give us a call. Uh, Joseph says the education system ran by the government that pollutes the minds of children to support out-of-control government while teaching them nothing of value to succeed in life. Um, it, you know – I I know this might not be the direction that Joseph was taking his comment, but this immediately makes me think of things like home ec, you know, things, their education used to include how to care for yourself as an adult, as a responsible being when you left education. Um, and now I, I don't see that. No, I don't see that at all. One of my favorite
0: subjects. I, uh, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, I think that kids, when they graduate from high school, I think they should have uh, – they should know how to uh, take a trap off of a sink sure, and clear yeah. – uh, you know, or retrieve a ring or whatever out of a sink trap. Jump they start can be your able car. Jump start your car, yep. ch- change a tire. Yep, yep, balance a checkbook. Although I guess – yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. The folks at the bank say, you know, these uh, young people, they come and they stick their card in the ATM. mm mm-hmm. And they get the balancing query, and they think that's how much money they've got.
1: Yeah, yeah, they don't understand that. You know, if they wrote a check, it might not have come out yet, or they probably don't write checks anymore. I, I write checks very rarely. I think five a year. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a real brief break here on Radio Free New York, and uh, we will be back in a moment to continue the discussion.
0: Hey, Rick, we'll uh, we'll come to you after the break. All right, uh, we'll be back on Radio Free New York.
3: Free New York
1: all right welcome back to Radio Free New York we are talking about what you believe the number one issue our country faces today and we've got Rick on the line hey Rick
4: hey thank you. Uh, thanks for taking my call hey I believe it's the wealth gap and let me explain myself real quick uh, the wealth gap right now what it's creating this uproar for socialism. And uh, what I think right now is going to be very difficult for them to navigate is the people uh, being means-tested based on what their income is. For example, I mean, I'm a middle-income earner. I'm, you know, I'm retired from a government job, but uh, it's like the more I work, the more the government's going to take. Mm-hmm. And uh, in everything that's going on, this wealth gap is only going to get worse. Now we have like an inflated stock market where not, even, not everybody's participating in that. So for a guy who's living paycheck to paycheck, uh, it doesn't matter that the market's going up. It matters what my spendable income is at the end of the day. And I get why the kids are embracing socialism, because they feel like they're they're not getting a fair shake right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's, that's a good point. You know, one, one of the things that I talk about um, – is how young people are gravitating towards socialism... Uh, because of the lies that they've been told growing up.
0: I think that's a that's a primary factor right there. Yeah, I think no, they're told absolutely. that it's, and also there's a fundamental misunderstanding about what socialism is.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, there, there's absolutely that. There's also the, the lie that has been perpetuated by society, which is, if you go to school and you take on a ton of debt in higher education, um, and you graduate with a college degree, you will have a job that covers your living expenses, the debt you took on, the debt of a home, and the ability to take care of a family, yeah. which isn't true.
0: It's no, I think that if you talk to uh, financial officers at colleges, uh, you get a sense of where this whole thing is headed. They're basically car dealers. Sure. And, and what they're doing is they're promising you that uh, this is kind of like an entitlement. You know, if you, uh, if, if you, you, know, you plunk down the big bucks for a college education, uh, now you're all set yeah. for the rest of your life, which is a lie. It's absolutely yeah. not true.
1: Yeah, and I I think that if you looked at any investment agency, you know if they made those type of wild promises to you, that, like they would go out of business. People right. would be suing them. You know, you you can't go out there and say, yeah, if you you know invest a hundred thousand dollars today, guaranteed. For the rest of your life, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars. You know they'd get shut down. There'd be lawsuits. Somehow the education system is allowed to do this. They're getting away with it, and people aren't. There's no. There's not this big outcry of it being unacceptable.
0: Well, I think it's starting though, because I think that uh, the the bells of awareness, if you will, started ringing earlier this year when I think it's University of Chicago was the first school to uh, to have a year of college cost a hundred grand. Holy crap. $100,000. Wow. Jeez. And, and, and I mean, so, yeah, if you, I guess if you went to school and it's $400,000 and you had the money, you could say, well, if I have the money, 400000 is what it costs. Mm-hmm. But increasingly, you can't get a degree in four years.
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. So it used to be that the average time it took to get a four year degree was five years. It's now over six years. It's like six and that's two crazy. months or something. So it, it is because the, not the, the classes good.
0: aren't available. you, well, you, you it, can't schedule the classes to go and, and get the. So you're so you're limping along on this two thirds you know yeah, yeah. Uh, uh class load.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's that it's people changing their track so many times. I think the average college student changes their degree track on average three or maybe even four times now. Um, Then you've got a bunch of extra, you know, Classes, I I forget exactly, elective classes that you have to take that have nothing to do with your degree, Um, colleges, and and I don't have the numbers for this statement, but I've heard from students that less colleges are accepting transfer credits. So they'll say, oh yeah, you took these four classes, we'll give you credit for only one of them. So when they switch schools, they're getting a lot less. So yeah, college education, my feeling is, is worth less and less every single day and i can't tell you how many students i meet who they're struggling to make their student loan payments they're getting income based adjustments on their student loan payments which I didn't even realize was a thing um, so
0: how does that work do you still ev- eventually have to pay it off but they they defer some of it or I,
1: I guess that's how it works you can go to them and say hey um, my income just isn't that great I can't afford this can you adjust it based on my income but you still got to pay the thing off yeah right? no it's just the payments that you're making so you know instead of taking 30 years to pay off it'll take you literally you know they probably collect your Social Security check in your 70s or something I don't
0: know Incre- well increasingly yeah you're seeing this in uh, in the settlement of estates. Mm-hmm. People who are in their 70s and 80s who pass on, yeah. and one of the one of the bills that the estate has to pay is a
1: college is a college bill. Yeah,
0: that's yeah.
1: that's 50 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you when I was in high school the number of teachers who were nearing retirement talking about, no, next year I probably won't be here. I'm going to be retiring. Who still had student loans that they were paying? It's insane. And and that was I was in high school. I graduated in 2007, so it's been 13 years. So now it's almost. only gotten worse since then. I think so. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a big issue. It, it is a huge issue. Um, let me go ahead and read some more of your guys' comments. I will. Uh, let's see. Richard's got a good one here. So Richard says. Government has taken over true, honest charity from the hands of caring individuals and used it to buy votes. In doing so, they have become bigger and more corrupt. At the same time, the old community organizations that have always been made up of people volunteering time and helping make each other stronger have dwindled memberships and are falling apart. Amen, Richard. Yeah, no, that that's great. So I mean that, and that's such a great way to put it you know, they're taking charity out of the hands of people, which is totally true and using it to buy votes. And this is, Definitely what politicians are doing because they're sitting there and they're taking something. Let's call it feeding the homeless, which was traditionally done by volunteer organizations, churches. I remember growing up making brown paper bags full of lunches, walking downtown Rochester and handing out paper bag lunches to homeless people. Um, and there were even a few that you know would chase us away and stuff because they wanted alcohol and money and not food. You know, some some interesting experiences. But that's what I would do. Um. Now, government stepped in and said, no, no, no. You know what? We need to be in charge of this at a vastly inflated price. And I I don't know that if you look at the numbers that homelessness is any better off. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I don't have those numbers. Well, I think it's
0: measurably worse.
1: It, I, I believe that to be true. But I also think even if they did have better – performance or better numbers, I bet you it costs us way more, you know, not allowing the community to engage in charity for each other. um, A, breaks down the community and B, you know, it makes government bigger. I mean, you you hit some really great points here. So I, I really appreciate that comment. Let's see what else we have. Uh, Nancy says overspending government should never spend beyond its means. Man, what a different world we'd live in if that was the case. Really? Yeah. Uh, She says we all want stuff, but we can't always have what we want if we don't have money to pay for it. And uh, yeah, I mean, New York State has got a huge deficit. Um, The federal government owes trillions of dollars. And, you know, I I feel bad saying that. Because when I say the federal government owes trillions of dollars, really what I mean is, Bob, you and I, right. we owe trillions of dollars. Yes,
0: exactly. And and here you have this is the this is the perverse way the government gets around taxation without representation. Yeah. What they do is they run up this massive debt bill, and what it amounts to is taxation on the unborn.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that's true. If if everybody were to sit there and look. At the debt and think that's what my children are going to owe. That's what my grandchildren are going to owe. They're the ones who are going to have to pay this bill. Um, I feel like we would be looking at a different country. But people don't look at it that way. Politicians definitely don't look at it that way. They look at things in two-year, four-year, and six-year cycles, depending on their terms, and they just think, "Oh, it's the next guy's problem." Oh, I got elected again. Great! I'll just push it down a little bit further. We'll just, you know, reduce this tax here, but we'll increase this tax over here, so it looks like we're doing something, and just, you know, ride this thing all the way down. So it's a, it's a bad, bad situation, guys. There are so many great comments in here um i i certainly can't get to all of them uh we're nearing the end of the show but i'll read Tom's Tom's is a nice short one Tom says the number one issue our country faces is the government and uh you, you know that's 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 definitely a really bold statement but man you could take that any which way because that sums it up every single one of these things is centered around that so absolutely Um, So, guys, if you're listening to the show and you think that Radio Free New York uh, provides some value to you, whether it's in uh, education, learning things, hearing about current events, I would really ask you guys to consider hopping over on Patreon. And supporting our show um, you can go to patreon.com slash rfny and uh, become a monthly subscriber basically you support the show for less than the cost of a cup of coffee um, and it helps us spread the message as far as we can possibly go so thank you guys so much and we will catch you guys tomorrow tomorrow's fake news friday we're gonna have some fun for you i'll see you guys next time